Welcome to the Fight Shit Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm kicking. It's getting darker and darker, isn't yeah, it? It sure is. It's um almost about that time to, for the last time, like we said last time, for uh, that change of uh, the time of change, right? Coming up this weekend, right? Yeah, this weekend. For the last time ever? Possibly. Yeah. I didn't verify my own facts if I okay. need to do that, okay. but I'm pretty sure that it's coming to the end in the next year or so. Oh, well, that'd be different. That's going to be different. So we're we'll, looking forward to that and seeing if that really comes true. Yeah. Um, yeah I feel like I have more energy when it falls back than move forward because whenever we do the hour forward in the spring, it takes me a week to recover. Yeah. It's so weird how I just one hour of loss just changes my whole, I guess, body makeup or whatever. It's so weird. But you only lose an hour in, in on a Sunday. That's it, right? That's it. Right. But somewhere that hour where I'm supposed to be, you know, if, I, if I'm if i sleeping before I go to work at 7, mm-hmm. well, now I got to get up at 6 instead of 7 because it moved forward. So my body feels like I'm getting, I've just lost an hour. So it takes me an hour. It takes me a week to recover. Well, what time do you normally go to sleep? Oh, wow. Midnight. Midnight. Is Midnight. that average? Yes. Yeah. I think um, I need to start going to sleep earlier. I think that'll help me a lot Yeah. in everything. Normally, I go to sleep probably about one thirty, two o'clock, and then wake up about 7 for work. Okay. Yeah, because you got to get up earlier than I do, so yeah. I don't have to get up till 8, 8.30. Oh, see? So I'm still getting my You're eight getting hours. getting your eight hours, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is yeah, nice. So what are you complaining about? <laughs> uh, I'm just complaining about the fact that uh, it would then feel like if we have to move it forward, I'm getting up at seven, seven, eight. Yeah, during the spring. Oh, poor guy, poor it's, guy. It's yeah, first world problems. Yeah, and especially since you you own your own business, so you're the only one that's counting on, you know, being there. You know, that's you true. you're holding yourself accountable. That's true. But that's good too. So, well, what'd you do last weekend? This uh, past weekend, of course, it was um, you know the weekend before ha- Halloween, and yes. you know did a couple things, but mainly what we did. Is my wife is in charge of a PTA or you know parent teacher association with my daughter's school. Okay, and uh, we had on Sunday two events. We had a fall festival and a um, German meal. So like a you know German festival, yeah. German meal. So she was responsible for both of those. Did you have to help and attend? Oh, of course I did. The gall of her to make make you have to do that. Oh, I had to do a lot of stuff even before that. Five o'clock. I was we stayed up till five o'clock in the morning on Saturday. What? Five o'clock in the morning. So actually Sunday morning, um, uh, making uh, well she was doing German chocolate cakes. So she made German chocolate cakes. So two hundred and forty pieces of German chocolate cake. Did you have more than one pan? This time? Oh, she had two pans now. Oh. Three, three pans, three actually. Pans. Yeah, Yay. three. Yeah, so okay. she can only do two at a time, but she had one ready to go. Um, and then uh, she had to do, uh, what did she use a caramel for? She used it for, what did she use caramel for? Oh, she made a, a candy apple, candy apples. Oh, wow. Okay, so f- for some reason, Walmart does not sell caramel in little chunks that are, are not wrapped. They're still wrapped. So I have to go. And open every single seven bags of caramel, and open them single. They're individually wrapped, and that's so my my cuticles Wait, are burned. Don't up. you have little Daniels running around the house that could have helped you? No, I don't. I have. Oh uh, no! They they were at Grandma's house. Oh no! Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Wow. No, and no. you didn't. You know, it'd be one thing if you're a kid, you get to eat some of it. You didn't get to eat any. Oh, I don't even like caramel like oh, that don't? by itself. By itself, not. Oh my gosh. So it was. Uh, you sounded busy this weekend. Oh, very busy. I mean, on top of that, doing pretzels. You know, helping her with the chocolate and pretzels and dipping them, whatever. Um, and then at the festival, I had to serve uh, tea, of course, you know, so serving everyone, uh, standing on my feet, and then working the snack shack at the little carnival that they had. I'm tired just listening to I know. How I know. And then we were. had to clean. And t- tell you Wait, what, then I, you, had, you couldn't just drop the mic and walk away? No, we had to clean. So we oh, had to clean. Boy. Yeah, yeah. So and put up everything. It well, is. good for you. It sounds way busy. Yeah, we, so we were kind of busy yeah. this weekend. How about you? Well, I actually drove back to Dallas, Texas for a Halloween party. Halloween party. So let me guess. Let me see. What were you for? Were you the Joker for Halloween? I have been. Okay. That is correct. Uh, It was a themed one where people would come uh, dressed like witches and wizards. Oh, so you were Gandalf. It's funny you say that. I actually was Gandalf. Oh, there you go. Yes. Uh, I actually had this long gray beard and gray hair wig. And oh, wow. It looked, re- I mean, I thought I did pretty good considering I don't really watch that series. Yeah. I don't really know who Gandalf is. For real? You no. don't, you've never seen the Lord of the Rings? Uh, I've seen a couple times. I'm not into it, but oh, I get man. it. I know. I know. I know. But here's what's interesting. What's that? Little did I know, and it was at our friend's house, little did I know. There was a new combat uh, fan that I met at this party, and he rented a pay per view for the for the uh, Halloween party. Oh shoot, that that's pretty good. That's we nice. We got to see the Jake Paul Anderson Silva oh, fight. Oh, there you go. So the next thing you know, the Halloween party turned into us watching some boxing. Oh, well, that's nice. And uh, the gentleman's name is Adam, super fan. He actually used to uh, go. He graduated uh-huh. from ASU. Oh, wow. His girlfriend graduated from ASU. Wow. Yeah, so we had a little uh, talk about that for a little bit or whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, got to see a little combat sports in the middle oh, of all that. Oh, that's party. awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm glad. Um, so, yeah, it was just a jam-packed weekend for you and I then. A big weekend of combat sports, particularly in um, the UFC. And let's just go ahead and start start off with the UFC. UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Allen. This was this past Saturday on ESPN Plus Live from the UFC Apex. To recap, let's just go ahead and jump into uh, Jarrett Vanderov versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. A hello UFC fighter looking to make a name for himself against a really tough fighter in his debut. I mean, from the outside looking in, I mean, I Jarrett Vanderov did okay. He right. did well. He he held up. He could tell that his veteranship was in there and it was good. But, I mean, uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta, I'm just going to call him Acosta, uh, he looked really good, too, and he, especially being on his debut. He looked good, but here's the thing. You could tell he was a debut fighter because yeah. he was literally swinging for the fences early he on. He was. He, 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 you could tell that Vanderoo knew that was going to happen because he was using his, his leg kick game to keep him at bay. That's right. I forgot about the leg kick. Yeah, if, if Vanderoo would still just stay on that leg kick, he would um, probably would have done something better as far as maybe the results would have been different because yeah. – um, Cortez was really hurting on that leg. He even switched stances several times because of that leg. He was getting it tagged. He even tried to psych himself out, you know, saying that doesn't hurt, you know, yeah. making himself, you know, yelling and screaming. He was trying and, to make himself believe it. Didn't yeah, hurt. it's not hurting. Yeah. And wanted Vanderrod to go ahead and swing with him. But um, 
I mean, in the end, we do have Cortez winning by unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28 for his first official UFC win. It's interesting that the judges downplayed the leg kicks by Vandera because they were some they really were effective, massive, right? effective, and effective, right? Effective, yeah. I mean, they were, like I said, one point, Acosta was hobbling pretty yes. well. So, you know, 1-0 and oh, now in the UFC, uh, ranked 28th. Um, in this division, what do you think's next for Acosta? Well, he's eight and zero. Again, one and zero in the UFC. In my opinion, he looked uh, a little inexperienced uh, with his only game, swinging for the fences. Uh, to me, that seems like a little old school heavyweight skill set. Uh, I think he needs to learn some more skills and move up in this division. But for now, a couple names I do have: uh, Justin Taffa right below him would be an exciting fight, or maybe the hot name in this division right now, Chris Barnett, right above him. That would probably be some fireworks. Um, I also have Justin Taffa. Something I think Justin Taffa's uh, on a one in. Is within one and two in his last fights, uh, three fights, and um, I think this would be a really good test for uh, Acosta. What about Justin Vandera, who's on his what six fight losing streak? Well, he's twelve and ten, one and six in the UFC. Yes, six of his seven fights have been losses in the UFC. Um, I gotta believe he's got to get a win next if he's going to stay in this promotion. I do like a Jake Collier who uh, should be next for him. He is also on a two-fight skid. Uh, you know, you have more faith in Vanderbilt than I do because I believe this is uh, probably the last time we see him in the UFC because six, I mean, I'm surprised he's lasted this long. Yeah, I am too. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event of the evening, Max Griffin versus Tim Means. Um, again, I forget about our fans voting, but this time we had Max Griffin, 44% voting for Max Griffin and 56% voting for Tim Means. Two fighters in this co-main event wanting to move up in this tough Walter Waite division with a win. Um, I mean, it was a really good fight. I think it was really close both ways, um, but it looks like one of the judges really had it a really huge uh, margin. Didn't make any sense. No. Uh, you know, Max Griffin came out swinging hard, uh, and Tim Means wasn't scared. He met him right in the center of the ring, and I thought it was a very back-and-forth fight, and, and and I thought the judging could have gone either way. It should, and it, 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 the first two judges probably felt the same way, um, but we did have 29-28, 29-28, 29, so one for each, and then a 30-27 for uh, Max Griffin. So that was kind of off. It, it's, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems a little off, and it, you know, it doesn't surprise me that the 30-27 judge could have been the one in the last fight that was also 30-27. Mm-hmm. Maybe just looking at uh, hit their certain rules of how they judge and thought it was one-sided. So, uh, well, now the winner is Max Griffin. He's 7-7 in the UFC, um, ranked 28th. What do you think What do you think's next? 19-9, and 7-7 seven seven UFC, a good win against a veteran in this division. I think he has some options to move up in this division. I like a Randy ba- Brown at 25th or a Tony Ferguson at 23rd or even a Gunnar Nelson at 21st. Uh, I, I like that Randy Brown fight. Um, I have that down. But I also have a Nico Price who's just a little bit above him. I saw that too. I thought that would be interesting. Uh, how about for um, Tim Means? Well, he's 32-14-1 overall, 14-10 in the UFC. He has actually fought the who's who in this welterweight division. I think he's uh, 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 a gatekeeper uh, in this division. 
I kind of like an Alex Morano right above him. I think it would be a fun fight. Oh, I like that. Um, how about uh, Francisco Trinaldo, ranked 34th? Or I have a rematch with Matt Brown, who's ranked 40th. Oh, I like both of those. I like the yeah. Trinado a lot. Yeah. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen in a featherweight division clash. 56% of the voters voted for Cater and 44% of the vote voters voted for Allen. A win in this division for both of these fighters was crucial if they wanted a title shot next. Well, we really didn't get the battle that we thought we were going to get. No, and and it started off good. I thought they mm-hmm. were both trying to find their range. Uh, I thought it was going to shape up to a great fight, and guess what? We have another tragedy in the main event. Yeah, definitely. We do have Calvin Cater um, pulling up, um, seemingly, you know, maybe really shake, shooken up at his knee. He re- kind of really got a... Um, uh, looked like maybe some kind of ligament damage in his knee, but he tried to fight, um, made it through the, through the first round, almost got submitted uh, in the first round, but made it to the bell, um, made it to his corner, and, you know, got out for the second round. Did you think it was going to last long the second round, though? Um, You know, I kind of, I hoped it did, because yeah. maybe I was like, I was thinking maybe Calvin should have uh, or could have shaken it off, um, maybe got some ice on it, maybe just a, just a little bit longer. Um, but no, you know, the first time he tried to either block a kick or step back on that knee, it just kind of gave out fully. You know, the UFC has really been hit hard with some main event injuries that yeah. have come about. Um, do you know some of the other ones that that kind of highlight this year? Um, injuries? Oh, well, I mean, like Brian Ortega? Brian Ortega, with right. it. yep. He had He's a separate shoulder. Yeah, um, main event ones. I mean, there have been there's several. I mean, who else? Tom Aspinall. Tom, yeah, Tom right? Aspinall, yeah. Knee injury. Yeah. Anthony Smith. Correct. Yeah, injury, that's right. Yeah. Injured uh, leg. Yep. Um, just some of the other ones that I looked down. Uh, uh, we just had last week where we had in the co-main event. It yeah. was uh, Dillashaw. Oh, that's right. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And even this uh, that, that afternoon um, in the preliminary, Phil Hall's. I really did some damage to his knee, stayed oh, in the no. fight, and got knocked out terribly. He got a terrible knockout. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're in the first round. But, yeah, it's just something that, you know, it's part of the game, I guess. And and here's what really sucks about it is, you know, no fighter that wins that by, you know, wins it by the, the way he won it is never fully satisfied. Correct. You know, and it you could tell Arnold Allen was really apologetic for for the win, the type of win he didn't yeah. want to win that way. Um, but now he's ten and zero, a formidable challenger in that division, ranked fourth, nineteen and one overall. Uh, I think he's next in line for a title shot. However, the problem is the champ Volganovsky may be busy moving up in weight to try to become a double champ. So if that happens, I don't normally say this, but I would be okay with the interim title fight against Yair Rodriguez, in my opinion. Um, you know, I like that. Um, but you don't think he would move up to fight Max Holloway? I don't think so. No. I th- I don't th- I think because Max Holloway has fought Rodriguez three times that I don't think he's eligible for an interim title shot, in my opinion. I think if anybody fight, if it's not Rodriguez, it could be Josh Emmett. Yeah, well, I like um, maybe Allen and Josh Emmett fight for um, you know, fight fight for a number one contender spot. Okay, so you, are you not up for an interim title? Um, I am. Um, I am for an interim title, but for two new names. 
Because, um, I mean, we already know what Max Holloway... Max Holloway is going right. to run away with that division, I think, uh, if he stays in the division. Yeah. There are some rumors that he wants to move up in the division into another division. Oh, well, um, I didn't hear that. And so, you know, maybe he'll move up, you know. But um, for right now, I think Arnold Allen should should go in with um, either, either Max Holloway or Josh Emmett. Okay. How about for Calvin Cater? Twenty three and seven now, seven and five in the US fight. Uh obviously it was a very winnable fight for him. Um, but now he has a knee injury. Uh I think he's just gonna have to um get that leg or that knee repaired. Um, but I think a next opponent for him, we just talked about him with the separate shoulder, if he could get uh him back healthy, maybe a fight with Brian Ortega would be next for him. Oh um yeah, that'd be nice, but I think I think Calvin Cater's out for a while. I mean, he's even so. 36 years old, a little bit long on the tooth in, in, in the yeah. UFC terms. Um, it's probably going to be a multiple, you know, ACL, MCL, whatever uh, injury. And, you know, I think that's just going to be really hard recovery. Yeah. So what do you think about the fight this weekend? Very, because of that, yeah. very disappointing uh, fight card for me. Uh, I would probably give it a six. I yeah. Mean, when you look at the main card, and it was decision, decision, split decision. I got an injury in the main event. It just didn't really do anything for me. Well, who do you think was fight of the night? I didn't see a fight of the night. To be honest with you. Uh, if I was picking one, I, I, I think the co-main event. All right. Well, actually, there were no fight of nights, so yeah, there was no bonuses given for that. But there were performances of the night, okay, and none of them were on the main card. So, so who we was had uh, Treshawn Gore, okay, got a really nice, uh, I think, submission win. Roman Dolizzi, who really got a nice knockout, okay, win, um, that he he knocked out, I believe, Phil Halls and uh, Steve Garcia, and also Christian Rodriguez rounding it out for um, the performances of the night. So where did you put your bar on this one? I mean, probably the same around, around where you are because okay. um, it was a little bit disappointing. The main event, right? We really wanted something there. And then the co-main event, you know, it was a, it was a really good fight. That was probably, like you said, maybe the fight at night. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, there was some really questionable uh, judging in some of them. Yeah. And then some really terrible knockouts for, you know, due to injuries or um, a submission, you know, submission wins. Yep. Well, now we move on to this week's fight, uh, USC Fight Night, Rodriguez versus Lemos. Um, again, November 5th on ESPN Plus, live from the USC Apex. Kicking off our preview, we have Grant Dawson versus Mark Madsen. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makashev is our current champion. Grant KGD Dawson is 28 years old, 18 and 1 with 4 KOs, 12 submissions and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 24th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the third round, April of this year, and he is 3-0-1 in his last four fights. Now Mark the Olympian Madsen is 38 years old, 12 and 0, 3 KOs, 3 submissions and 6 decisions. He is currently ranked 25th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, April of this year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Dawson is a minus 220, and Matson is a plus 180. Grant Dawson is from Wisconsin. He stands at 5'10 and represents American top team. He has one performance award with notable wins against Jared Gordon, Leandro Santos, and Derek Mininer. He has no 
UFC losses um, to this point. Mark Madsen is fighting out of Denmark. He stands at 5'8", representing Fight Ready um, MMA. He has no performance awards, but notable wins against Vince Pichel, Clay Guida, and Austin Hubbard. He has no losses in his MMA career. This is Mark Madsen's the, the guy that I think could if if things go right he could he could give Islam the champion a you think little bit so? of an issue I think because think he's so. a wrestler but we're not talking about that we're getting ahead of ourselves right uh, I do like uh, Dawson as well um, but I'm gonna tell you give me the underdog Madsen all right I think well, he stays undefeated by right. decision well for me um I also thought remember we talked about Madsen giving uh, him have a chance against Islam Makhachev. Um, but actually, I'm picking Grant Dawson with a submission win in the second round. So Dawson's going to submit the Olympian wrestler. Yes. In the second round. Right. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the co-main event of the evening, Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez in a welterweight division clash. This is at 170 pounds. Leon Edwards is our current champion. Now, Neil, the Haitian cessation Magny is 35 years old, 26-9 and nine with 7 KOs, 3 submissions, and 16 decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the second round, June of this year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Daniel D-Rod Rodriguez is 35 years old, 17-2 and two with 8 KOs, 4 submissions, and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 16th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision September of this year, and he is on a 4 Fight win streak. Now, Magni is a minus 120 and Rodriguez is a plus 100. Daniel Rodriguez is from Alhambra, California. He stands at six foot, representing Syndicate MMA. He has one performance award with notable wins against Li Jingling, Kevin Lee, and Mike Perry. He has no- notable losses against Nicholas Dalby. Only one loss. Neil Magni is from Brooklyn, New York. He stands at 6'3, representing an elevation fight team. He has four performance awards with notable wins against Max Griffin, Jeff Neal, and Robbie Lawler. Notable losses come against Shafkat Rachmanov, Michael Chiesa, and Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm excited about this fight. This is a good fight. This is a real good fight. I like both these guys, and and this could have some big implications, I think, for them both with a win to get in the top ten. So who are you choosing? Give me Magni. Uh, Give me him by decision well i am picking the gentleman on the four fight winning streak d-rod rodriguez uh by decision win okay next up on the card we have the main event of the evening mariana rodriguez versus amanda lemos in a women's strawweight division clash this is at 115 pounds and carla esparza is our current champion now, Marina Rodriguez is 35 years old, 16-1, and one, with six KOs, one submission, and nine decisions. She is currently ranked fifth in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision March of this year, and she is on a four-fight win streak. Now, Amanda, Amanda Heine Lomos is 12-2 and two with seven KOs, two submissions, and eight decisions. She is currently ranked eighth in this division. Her last fight was a win by submission in the second round, July of this year, and she is 3-1 and one in her last four fights. Now, Rodriguez is a minus 210, and Lamos is a plus 175. Mariana Rodriguez is from Brazil. She stands at 5'6 with a 65-inch reach, representing 
AS Team Jiu-Jitsu. She has three performance awards with notable wins against Jean Shannon, Mackenzie Dern, and Michelle Watterson. Notable losses include Carla Esparza. Amanda Lemos is from Brazil. She stands at 5'4 with a 65-inch reach, representing Marajo Brothers team. She has two performance awards with notable wins against Michelle Watterson, Angela Hill, and Montserrat Ruiz. She has notable losses against Jessica Andrade. It's a big fight. It's a big fight with one of them possibly could be in a short list of going for a title shot next with the win. Who do you have in this main event? Give me Lemos. Give me the underdog by decision. All right. And I'll be taking Mariana Rodriguez by decision. So it's a Rodriguez kind of night for you for picking. Oh, I guess so, huh? Rodriguez, you picked Rodriguez. the co-main and the main event, Rodriguez. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think the uh, bar's going to be set on this? I mean, um, should be better than last week, right? Should be, right? I mean, yeah. on paper, we have better fighters, I think, yeah, right? I, I mean, think so. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I mean, last week we, we did have a, our bar set a little bit higher because Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen, we you know, did. and so we don't really have that star power as we did last week, but, uh, I, I'm looking for about a seven right now. I am too. My yeah. bar's low. Yeah, exactly. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Al Jermaine Sterling sends a message to Cejudo and the top bantamweight contenders. The UFC bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling, plans on taking some time off before making his next bantamweight title defense. In a recent interview, he addressed Cejudo and the other containers on the state of the title picture. He said, hey, Henry Cejudo, if you want this smoke, you, you're going to have to wait for it. Cheeto, Sanhagen, Sean O'Malley, any one of you guys, if you want to wait for me, give me some time for my body to heal. It's not easy to make 135 for me. And again, these are five-round training camps. Aren't They aren't three-round fights where people can make turnarounds. I fought twice already. Give me a bit of time to come back, and I will kick everybody's arse. So, what do you think about him healing up and making people wait? Um, I don't like it. I don't no. like we I don't think we ever like um making the division wait. You know, because there's so many people so many fighters out there that are waiting for their time. Yeah. And you know, they're they're not injured and the division needs to move, keep on moving, right? Well, it must be an interim podcast because I might ask you about another interim title. What do you think if he's gonna make him wait? What about an interim title match between Sean O'Malley and Henry Cejudo? Are you up for that? Um I think yeah, I'd I'd watch it. Yeah, I would be up for that. Is it fair for Henry to be off three years to just jump back into a title shot? Does he deserve it? Um, I think you're not in champ until you beat the champ, and no one's beat the champ. That's true. So, that's 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 my opinion. On okay. That. Lastly, they make it. Who do you like? Um, I like Sean O'Malley. Do you really? Yeah. Because of the rust. Um, yeah, because of the rust so and, yeah, just yeah. a lot of variety of factors. Yeah. We will see in the band and weight division. So it looks like Ben Askren um, is uh, asking the UFC to consider the trade uh, for Mighty Mouse. As you remember, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, was traded 
few years ago for Ben Askren um, to the one promotion. And, uh, you know, we all know what happened with Ben Askren. You know, so coming we're trading to back? He's, he's, he's suggesting to the UFC to go ahead and trade back and try to trade somebody, maybe Peter Yan for um, Demetrius Johnson to come back into that division. Oh, so it's not Ben. No, no. No, because Ben's retired. He's retired. Yeah. He's offering up someone else in the UFC to get him back. Yes. So do you want Mighty Mouse back, or do you want to keep Peter Yan if you were the... Well, I mean, Peter Yan has fallen on, you know, several tough losses, three, almost three um, in the last four. Um, That'd be intriguing. I would like to see how Demetrius Johnson would fare with the UFC now, nowadays, because it's a big, it's a different world that we live in, in this division. Well, and if you remember... When he got traded, the, one of the reasons why he got traded is because UFC and Dana White said, we're getting rid of that division, yeah. and we don't want to see you just on the sideline. Right. Well, now that division is stacked. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity yeah. for him. So that would be interesting if that really happens. That would be. So Volganovsky says he can't wait to see Islam's face after failed takedowns. He says, I ain't going to be standing in front of you. You're going to... Ha- going to have to be trying to figure out the puzzle that is in front of you, Volganovsky said. The movements are going to be difficult. You're going to try to grab a leg, but again, you'll need to be in the right position to feel comfortable to shoot, and you won't feel that straight away. Then he's going to feel a little desperate to try to grab the legs. This is the stuff he hasn't had to deal with. There's no way he's faced people with calculated footwork like I have. Volganovsky added, I can't wait to put that puzzle in front of him, make him pay, get him uncomfortable. So, do you think our champ, Alex Volganovsky, is going to give Islam problems of getting him on the ground? Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of other so-called jiu-jitsu masters or, you know, mm-hmm. um, fighters try to get him on the ground even been successful to get him on the ground but still we're not able to make him tap yeah i mean ortega had him dead to rights two times in that fight right yeah you know even i even had him you know knocked out but the 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 ref didn't stop it but um you know we still it's it's still left to uh be decided as far as you know if if um makashev can get him down and take him out this is one of those fights where both of the combatants, if they make this fight, think they're not going to lose and they're the best. And that's that's always good. Yeah, it is always good. Yep. Well, it's official. One of the youngest on the UFC roster uh, is going to make their UFC uh, debut at UFC 282 um, pay-per-view in December. Raul Rosas Jr., who is 18, who made his um, debut back on the U- Dana White's Contender Series by defeating Mando Gutierrez, um, via unanimous decision, is set to fight Jay per- Perrine, who is ten and six, uh, next month on December tenth at UFC two eighty two. This is a big step up. Have you seen him fight? I have not. He is pretty good. Is he good? Uh, he, I mean, he did get. He showed his youthfulness. He showed his um, inexperience, um, but he showed a motor like no other, and he always looking for a submission so he he was one or two moves always ahead of his opponent always and for an 18 year old i mean i can imagine what this guy is going to be like in six years when he's 25 yeah this is where you're seeing the maturity of mixed martial arts starting to go to another level because 20 years ago 
the people they're fighting it, they started when they were 26, 27. They're right. learning. You know, they're trying to figure out, oh, wait, I can't be a striker. I need to do some grappling. And now we have the young people that were watching the first fights were not even born yet start at a young age. And we're going to see younger and younger fighters getting into mixed martial arts instead of in their 20s. So I'm fascinated to see where this 18-year-old goes. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any more? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our boxing segment where we had a huge boxing weekend this past weekend. We had well up to four, you know, major fights that we four major fights, right? With with implications in each one. Yeah. We're starting off the recap. We do have JoJo Diaz versus William Cepeda in a lightweight division clash. Two elite fighters looking to get a big name on their resume with a big win. William Cepeda comes in 26-0, where Jojo Diaz, a former title contender, came in 32-2 and with one decision. Um, looked like it was back and forth um, up until, you know, maybe several, up until the middle of the fight, and then it was just all Cepeda for the rest of the bout. Jojo Diaz has never ducked a fight. His never. game, he's never been knocked out in his pro career. But I will have to tell you, Zepeda was absolutely dominating in his performance against a former champ. Yeah, definitely. And it shows in the scorecards from the judges who uh, ultimately uh, judged it 109-119, 109-119, and 110-118. So effectively, almost every single round going towards to uh, Zepeda. And and one note, Diaz did wobble Cepeda in the sixth round. I yeah. mean, he did. I, I think Cepeda had was overconfident because he was just such a dominating performance that I think he kind of lacks a little bit and did get caught. And I've always said I, I've always liked JoJo Diaz. I've always um, pulled for him, rooted for him, and I'm a really big fan of JoJo Diaz. But William Cepeda is just cut from a different cloth. Um, you know, coming in with a really good record, 26 and 0, of course. And so, you know, what do you think is next for Cepeda? Well, he's 27 0. Uh, he beat an elite fighter tonight and dominated as well. Uh, there's so many other elite fighters in this division. So many. I'm interested in seeing him test his skills. I've got two names. I've got a Composis Jr. or maybe an Isaac Cruz that I would be interested in him fighting. I mean, that whole division. I mean, of course, we're going to recap of Vasily Lomachenko here pretty soon. But then, um, you know, that division has Javante Davis, yes. Devin Haney, yes. Isaac Cruz. I mean, the name, the list goes on and on. And But, I mean... I mean, if you try to try to find a name on here, it's going to be a big match. Right? It's going to be a it big should match. be pay per view, right? So, what's your big match? Because I I named two. What is the one you want to see? I, you know what? I think I think we have a better chance for a Devin Haney fight with uh, William Cepeda because they're both the zone fighters. So he is bypassing five other fighters because if I remember correctly, and this is in my head, I'm going to go in my head. Isn't Combosis at five? Cruz is at four. I, th- I don't know who th- number three was. I know Tank Davis is two, and Haney is at one. So you're saying Haney's not going to try to – possibly will not try to make it undisputed, unify the, the things, and he's not willing to fight Lomachenko – but you got to remember, we're not yeah. fi- we're not just fighting the fighters. We're fighting yeah. promoters too. Oh yeah, that's true. you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, let's look at Javante Davis, Showtime fighter. Okay, uh, Devin Haney, the Zone fighter. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, George Combosis Jr., another DAZN fighter, but okay. he just fought David Haney, so that's not going to happen. But Cepeda just fought. Okay, but yeah, but Devin Haney, Haney, right? Right. So, uh, and Combosis have just fought. Right. They, right. So, but then Lomachenko is a ESPN top rank. Okay, I boxer. got that. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Cruz, I think he is a Showtime fighter also. So we're not just fighting fighters. We're fighting so if promotions. If we're doing promotions, then the next fights are going to be Cruz versus Tank because they're both Showtons, and Haney versus Cepeda because they're both the zone. Um, I think Isaac Cruz and uh, Javante Davis have already fought, and Cruz oh. stood his, his his stood his ground for okay. decision loss. Okay. So I mean, you know, I, I think the stars are aligning for William Cepeda to finally get um. You know, get get his chance at the title. I mean, I wouldn't be sad about it, of course. Uh, if that was the fight, who do you like in it? Um, against Devin Haney? Uh, I can't go against Devin Haney. Cepeda looked amazing yeah. against a really elite fighter in Diaz and dominating him. It wasn't a close fight. Yeah, I think uh, Jojo Diaz has fought, let's see, he lost two... He's on two. He lost to Devin Haney. That's he the thing. Did. He lost to Devin Haney in a unanimous decision. Um, so he stood at ground again against a Devin Haney. His other loss comes against um Gary Allen Russell Jr. Uh, in another title belt. But Diaz said after the fight, he said, "Hey, there was nonstop pressure from Cepeda, uh, and he's planning to take time off." But he said that. When he fought Devin Haney, it was nothing like the way Cepeda shut him down tonight. That oh, Cepeda, wow. in his opinion, when he's fought both of them, Cepeda's a better fighter. So do you think Cepeda should I, go get Haney? I, I think they should fight, and I, I think Cepeda has it as a great shot. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So we already talked about uh, Jojo Diaz. So that what he thinks next for him is probably a little layoff. Yeah, a little then, layoff. And then come back maybe you know against an up and comer. Um, maybe how about Kid Galahad or a uh, uh, Giovanni Cabrera who's ranked fifteenth in box Rex rankings. Um, maybe something something to come back get back on the track. Diaz right? is a clear gatekeeper in this division. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Next up, um, we previewed was uh, Katie Taylor, the return of Katie Taylor versus Karen Elizabeth, Karen Cabajal in a women's lightweight division clash. A fight that saw a living legend fighter to do what she does best against a very game opponent doing what she does best in this match. This was live from Wembley Arena in the United Kingdom. You know, like you said, Katie Taylor just dominated from round from uh, bell to bell. Yeah, you know, she was very dominant in, in her fight. Um, I don't think there's really any opponent at, at her level right now, but I'll tell you, her opponent really, with her skills, could have beat most other fighters in Most this other match. fighters. I mean, I think you have to be a certain uh, skill set to even just go in against uh, Katie Ta- Taylor. Absolutely. In the end, we do have Katie Taylor defending her titles 98-92, 191-99-91 99-91, by unanimous decision win. Um, what do you think's next for our 36-year-old Katie Taylor? 22-0, six amazing years as a pro so far. Promoter Eddie Hearn said that Taylor would fight next in Ireland as she has never fought as a pro in her home country. The plan is for the Dublin is to be at Dublin's Croke Park, which holds 80,000 people, and she wants to do it against Amanda Serrano in a rematch. However, 
She did throw out another name. Alicia Bumgardner, who holds three belts at 130, would also be an interesting fight for her. Yeah, I like I like Alicia Bumgarner. And she's um she's I, I just I love the way she fights. Yeah. And she's one of those uh tit- like you said, title holders that's in that division. Um yeah, I like that fight too. Which one do you like better, Bumgarner or Serrano rematch? Uh I would like a Serrano rematch. I know, right? I want especially in Ireland, that'd uh, be nice. Yeah. That'd be really nice. What do you think's next for Carvajal? 19 and 1, a very tough opponent for anyone in this division. I think she learned a lot from this fight and the experience she just had. I believe she may be a champion one day if if Taylor retires. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, you were really impressed with her then. I was. Next up, we have the return of Vasily Lomachenko versus Jermaine Ortiz in a lightweight division clash. A fight that on paper and the odds looked to be a one-sided for the favorite turned out to be a really tough match for the former champ hey Deb, i really loved the way jermaine ortiz came out fighting and you probably winning maybe the first three or four rounds um with his aggressiveness really aggressive even catching lomachenko a couple of times even doing being a little bit faster than lomachenko footwork was a little bit better um really didn't know lomachenko was kind of rusty i guess you could say I think he was, one, rusty, but I think, two, I'm sure his trainers told them that Ortiz is a slow starter, and the, and Ortiz did the exact op- opposite. He came out quick, quickly. He established himself early against Lomachenko, and I think it just caught him off guard. No, you're right, and Lomachenko likes to start off a little slow, too, so he probably felt that, hey, this is a perfect match for me. But like like we said, Jermaine Ortiz came out and um, really – Started putting putting in some work against Lomachenko. Yeah, and and Lomo saw what was happening. He got in gear, turned up the, the heat uh, in the middle of the rounds, and then took control of that fight. Yeah, definitely. Ultimately, we do have a unanimous this, unanimous decision win for Lomachenko. 116-112, 117-111, and 115-113. Um, what do you think's next for Lomachenko? Well, he's 17-2 and two now. Uh, the champ was on hand, Haney. He entered the ring after the fight, and he didn't rate Lomachenko's win tonight very highly. He said that for sure Lomachenko would, t- would turn in a better f- performance if they do ever meet. And that's why I hesitated earlier when we were talking about David Haney, Devin Haney and Cepeda. Yeah. That's why we I brought up Cepeda. Because I don't, I knew Devin Haney was in the crowd. Yeah, I knew he was watching it just because. Hey, I'm probably gonna fight the winner of this fight if they have an impressive win. I didn't see that impressive win no. from Lomachenko, so that's where I say, well, William Cepeda is right there. Had a nice impressive win against Jojo Diaz. Uh, you know, I think that could be next for, um, for Devin Haney. So maybe Lomachenko. What's next for him? Maybe an Isaac Cruz right there, or uh, I don't know. How about Combosis Jr.? I like both those. Um, I think Lomo stops both both those names though. Oh, I, I I think so too. Especially I think Combosis Jr. has needs another win before he gets into yeah. a really high highly competitive match. And and I totally agree with you when you're saying, you know, the champ is going to look at at the person's performance and see which one has the, I guess, better performance. Uh, what the record is, and as Cepeda undefeated looks with a dominating performance, looks like a lot more dollar signs for Haney than Lomo at this point. 
Well, you know that um, Isaac Cruz, who's ranked fifth, um, according to BoxRec, um, he should be fighting pretty soon, and maybe he'll he'll have a, a stake in the game pretty soon. It's, it's the old adage, what have you done for me lately? So <laughs> what is the last best performance for the champ? Yeah. How about for Jermaine Ortiz? Look good in defeat. Look good. Uh, game, game plan was on point against a super elite fighter. Um, I think he needs to work on his car, uh, cardio for future fights. He kind of gas out later in those rounds. But I do think he's going to be a force to be recognized in this division. No, definitely. I'm the same way. I really like the way he came out. Only 16-1 and one now. Um, only 17th fi- professional fights. So he's really young. How about Roley Romero? Remember he fought a couple oh, months right. ago. Oh, that's right. And he yeah. hasn't fought since. Yeah, that would be great. Be a really good fight. Did you know who was on this, uh, this uh, undercard? I did not. It was uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson. I don't know if you knew that. I did not Ali know Wash that. Ali Wash was on this oh my gosh. Uh, fight card, and he ended up getting another TKO. And I think he's now 5-0, and 6-0. Wow. Yeah, okay. So up and comer. Yes. So, um, well, that kind of wraps up our boxing um, recap for this past weekend. Yes. Did, did we miss anything? Uh, nothing of interest other than the little small boxing pay-per-view that I ended up watching. That oh, yeah, that's Halloween right. It was free thing. for you. Too. It right. was free for me. It was free for me, too. So I will have to tell you, if there, it, I, if it was a boxing pay-per-view I had to pay for, for a Jake Paul fight, this was very entertaining. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean... You know, we could tell there was a 47-year-old man in there, but that 47-year-old man, he still had some skills, some some uh, some nice uh, feints, some head movement. He there did. There were several times that Jake Paul didn't couldn't get him at all because of the spider and his, the way he was moving. Uh, there was a couple fake leg shots that he was almost going to do. He did. <laughs> I think this is the this was by far the toughest test that Jake Paul has had. Yeah, of course. I do also think this is the best Jake Paul uh, as far as boxing skills that we've seen as well. Definitely. I mean, uh, of course, uh, Silva. You know, he's two. He came in two and one in his professional boxing uh, record. Uh, he did look a little bit older, of course, and he wasn't as fast as Jake Paul. But he absorbed a lot of nice hits from Jake Paul. He did. He did. Jake Paul looked really good. Um, I think me and you are been been on that bandwagon saying that you know he's a formidable boxing opponent. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, what do you think's next for Paul? What do you, what do you uh, think? Bring on happen? Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. Yeah. Is that what you want to see yeah, next? Yeah, I want to see that next. What about Atomic Fury? I would like to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what, what's going to make him more money? And I think that's what we're here for. Well, it's going to be Nate Diaz, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you think he he uh, handles Nate Diaz next? I think it's uh, it's um, probably going to be about the same as a a, a Silva fight. I think so too. Yeah, because he got an older Nate Diaz. Yeah. Um, you know, jiu-jitsu master, right? All-world MMA fighter. Uh, not as proven in boxing, right? Right. Um, so, but does have some boxing skills, right? Some striking skills. Uh, but Jake Paul is just, you know, coming out of nowhere, I guess. Seemingly coming out of YouTube, I guess. Not, it's not going to make as much money, but the under, one of the undercard winners did call out Jake Paul, said, won't you make me next? So who's that? Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall. Uh, yeah. I don't, I Not did you see that fight? I did see that. I saw every fight. Yeah. How did you think he Le'Veon fought against Bell Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell didn't look bad considering. No? Yeah. No, I think Le'Veon Bell was really training hard for that. Of course. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No, I was pretty impressed. That card ended up being pretty good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There were, there were uh, 
Of course, there was a uh, crazy fight at the very beginning, some social media guy or whatever. Then it was Le'Veon Bell fight. And then there was two legit up-and-comers. Yeah. One of them won in the first round. He was, he, I think his name was Rodriguez. He was Excuse legit, me. man. Yeah. So it was a good card overall, man. I, I, would, I did enjoy watching, watching the Jake Paul Silva fight. Well, that that wraps up our um, recap of this past weekend's boxing uh, events. Um, do we have any this week? We have one. We have one big one, one. big one for me. Huge, right? I I think it's probably the biggest uh, match of the fall, right? I would say it is. Yes. We have the return of Dimitri Brivo versus Gilberto Ramirez in a light heavyweight division championship clash. This is at 175 pounds. Alter Betterbeev and Dimitri Bevel are current champs. Now, this is for Bevel's WBA light heavyweight belt. Now, Dimitri, goat slayer Bevel, is 31 years old, 20 and 0 with 11 KOs, and he is currently ranked first in this division. Now, his last fight was a win by decision, May of this year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Gerbelto. Zerdo Ramirez is 31 years old. He is 44-0 with 30 K KOs. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the fourth round, May of this year, and he debuted in 2009. Now, Bevel is a minus 450, and Ramirez is a plus 280. Dimitri Bevo is from Russia. He stands at six foot with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He has a 55% knockout rate with notable wins against Canelo Alvarez, Usar Samalov, and Joe Smith Jr. Gilberto Ramirez is from Mexico. He stands at 6'2 with a 75-inch reach, fighting out of the southpaw fight stance. He has a 68% knockout rate. Um, and notable wins against Dominic Basil, Sullivan Barrera, and Jesse Hart. No losses between both of these. No losses, and um, you probably didn't know this or catch it, but I actually gave a nickname to Beevil. Yeah, that's what I, I was. You know, We're, and I it honestly, you a bit? yes, I honestly just right now, if you look at my uh, search history, just right now, uh-huh. I was like Goat Slayer. They 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 changed his name to, to Goat Slayer. Well, I figured he slayed the goat <laughs> back in April. But then part of me is like, oh, maybe that's something from Russia, you know, out in the hills, and he was a Goat Slayer, you know. <laughs> so yes, unofficially, no BS has added a nickname to Beevil. Uh, with all that said, are you surprised by the minus four fifty for Beevil? Is that um, disrespectful to Ramirez at all? No, I don't think so. Okay. Minus 450? No, I guess whenever you go into the GOAT and you take out the GOAT, you, you demand that, that respect. You do, right? So, I know we've talked about it in the past podcast, but I decided to look up a little bit of stats on Ramirez because I'm just totally confused about how he's 31 years old and he's already got 44 wins. <laughs> so, let me let me just tell you. He had six fights when he turned pro in the first four months. Yeah. He had three in two weeks in 2009 and had nine fights in 2010. So that's where some of the, <laughs> some of those wins have come. Yeah. And most of them were knockouts in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you like both these fighters. Who are you going to pick? Yeah, it is a hard fight um, to pick, but I will pick... Gilberto Ramirez by decision win. 
I already had it written down. I already had it written down before I even asked you because I know you're <laughs> a big Ramirez fan, so you like him by decision. He's got to take it back from Mexico. That's He's got to take it back, right? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, obviously you can see I am a big Goat Slayer Beevil fan. I am taking him by decision. Uh, again, November 5th, live on the zone. This time it's sent from the Etat Arena, Etat Arena in Abu Dhabi. So it's going to be in the morning and or in the afternoon. And there's going to be a couple undercard fights that are pretty good on that too, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I really didn't see those. Yeah, but so big weekend. Big weekend, yeah. For boxing. Absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to our boxing news and notes. Progreus has come out and said he thinks Crawford can go to 154. I don't think, though, he can beat Jamal Charlo, the soft-spoken WBO belt holder at 147 pounds, is scheduled to make his return in December against the dangerous puncher David Azarin. Now, Crawford has failed in his attempts to finalize a deal for an undisputed fight with the WBA, IBF, WBC champion Earl Spence Jr. And in a perfect world, the, the audacious native from Omaha would truncate the unified title reign of Spence before making the move seven pounds north to Jamal Charlo, Spence's good friend. Charlo is undisputed at 154 pounds. So... My question is, is, if the Spence fight is truly falling through, should he just move up and fight Spence's friend, Jamal Charlo, at 154? Well, I don't know if you know this, but Crawford already has another fight lined up. He does. On December I 16th, that. I believe. Okay. And that's going to be someone you don't know. But, um, yeah, someone, uh, they've already, he's already agreed with another boxer who's not, who's not named Spence, Earl Spence Jr., or someone elite in that division. Um, to go ahead and fight. How disappointed are you in this? I am. I am I disappointed. Mean, I I don't think we're ever going to get it now. Um, you know, I think Earl Spence Jr. will move up and wait. Well, so will Crawford. Well, they're both one forty seven, so they both move up to one fifty four. The problem with Spence moving up is he's not going to fight his friend Charlo, right? Charmel Charlo, right? Oh, Spence, no, I'm sure. So how's that going to ha- work for him? Well, so how can you be champion if I'm going to be champion? Yeah. <laughs> well, that- How can you be champion if I'm the champion? The whole thing <laughs> is confusing to me. That's all That's all I got to yeah. say about that. Yeah. Well, it is a confusing, uh, but it's not n- not surprising, right? With, with Let's say this does become a uh, fact, right, that uh, Cr- Crawford does end up fighting someone else. It's... It's along the lines of of uh, of uh, Terrence Crawford. I mean, that's how it's kind of been for a while, right? This literally goes back to what you said earlier in our podcast. This is all about promotions, yeah, and yeah, the struggle definitely. of getting these fighters together yeah. to. And I to guess fight. we shouldn't blame Terrence Crawford, right? We blame. The I don't promoters, blame anybody. Right? I uh, I really don't blame either of them. Yeah. Looks like the WBA has ordered Amanda Serrano and Erica Ortiz to set something up to uh, unify all the titles. Amanda Serrano comes in um, holding the WBC, IBF, and WBO titles, where Erica Cruz comes in holding the WBA. Now, Amanda Serrano is ranked number one, and Cruz is ranked number two, who comes in 15-1 um, with three knockouts. So in the next, what, few months, six months? What, do you, what, um, what do they, have they said? They give them 30 days to negotiate okay. a 50-50 purse bid. Well, I'm excited for that. Yeah, 
that's going to be a really good one. And and it would be really amazing if, if Serrano unifies and then decides to do a rematch with Taylor. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. But if she loses, Amanda Serrano loses, is that is that a rematch as intriguing as it used to be? I don't think she's losing, in my opinion. You don't think so? Yeah. She's, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Usyk has come out and said Fury fighting Chirosa next is laughable. He thinks that Tyson is scared of Alexander Usyk. Do you think he's scared of Alexander Usyk? Tyson Fury. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Tyson Fury is scared of ninety nine percent of this world's population. Do you think that this is a tune up fight in 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 anticipation? For an Usyk fight next, I do. I think so. I think why wouldn't you? Because uh, Tyson Fury hasn't fought in what over a year, probably almost he, a year. He hasn't fought in a year. Usyk's going to take time off, and this literally could set this up for a summer mega fight: Usyk versus Fury. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Do you have any other news? In I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this week. For our boxing segment, now on to our Pick'em League for this past week. So, for the second week in a row, me and you actually picked the same fights oh, and the same okay. fighters. Okay. So We're still we, tied. We're still tied. We both went 2-1 and one in uh, MMA, 3-0 and oh in boxing. Okay. So, we both ended up at seven wins. All right. This week, though, we are different. Yeah. So, this we are going to have some probably some separation yeah, between us, yeah. too. Uh, for our players, uh, we have a new per- person came in. Awesome. We have one person that dropped out. Okay. And we have one one that didn't put in their uh, first week, but now is back. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the one that's back, Shane, uh-huh. went over six. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. So, but she'll be back. Uh, yeah, but she's at zero. Our new player, Loretta, is at four. Okay. Uh, the player that dropped out did not put their picks in. Oh no. Shannon is at four. Oh, no. She has dropped out oh, as wow. far as I, I have confirmed that with her. Uh, but on to this year. Uh, Everett is at six. Lynn is at seven. Me and you are both at seven. Omar is at seven. Yeah. Dom is at seven. And Dan, our new leader, is at okay. nine. All right. Nine. Nine wow. so far. So That's an good. early lead. Yeah. But it's going to be a long season. Can't wait to see season. who ends up winning the trophy. Yeah, Dan. Thank you to everyone that continues to participate in our Pick'em League. Again, it's never too late. It's always fun to just jump right in and uh, submit your um, predictions for the week. You can catch that link on Facebook or even on uh, all the other social media platforms that we have. And, um, you know, jump, jump in whenever you want. And as always, always check out Late Breaking uh, Combat Sports uh, news stories on Facebook. And spread the word about our uh, podcast. Share it with uh, some of your friends, uh, family members, and let them know that uh, they can get uh, a catch-up and get previews of everything that's going on in the combat world. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. That's it for this week. My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.